On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Now, all, all the guys have, have had a, an impact in the series, and you know that's what's been so special about it. It hasn't just been one or two guys stepping up and doing the job, and you can't really win an Ashes series when that's the case. So it's, it's been good that uh, so many different people have stepped up at different times to, to help us win this series. But I was looking yesterday, actually, when we were out on the field, and it, it came up with all the wickets for the series that all the bowlers had got, and each one of them, I think, had over 20 wickets. So, you know, it's just showed that the guys have bowled together as a group, um, bowled in partnerships, bowled for one another, and, and helped us take the 80 wickets that, that we've needed to win four test matches. So... You know, Nathan's been exceptional with that as well. Um, you know, the way he's bowled and consistency he's had has has been um, outstanding. And to be fair, I think actually the the moment that changed the whole series was Nathan Lyon and, and his run out in um, at the Gabba. That was such a, a huge moment in the series. And um, you know, those sort of plays can can change a series. And I, I certainly think that was a, a series changing moment. Hi everyone and welcome to Cricket Unfiltered, the News Corp cricket podcast. That was Steve Smith talking about Australia's Ashes triumph and Australia have wrapped up the Sydney Test winning by an innings and 140 runs and I'm joined by Pete Lawler from The Australian to talk about what some have described as a dull series. Do you agree with that? Well, attritional would be kind of word wouldn't it but it's certainly not one of the more interesting Ashes series I've covered I've got to say looking at the positives we got to see Steve Smith bat didn't we and you know that'll go down in history that was a fantastic effort by him but it was pretty ordinary I mean it was 3v5 wasn't it when it started Mm. and 5v3 when it finished or vice versa whichever you want because I think the teams have swapped rankings but Two not great teams playing cricket. England did not play good cricket. Australia did play good cricket. There's positives, but not a lot of them. The day didn't start well for poor Joe Root, as if his tour couldn't get any worse. He was sick this morning. He couldn't resume his innings. Uh, He he came out to bat for a little while before lunch, but then he had to go off a bout of gastro combined with the extreme heat. And guess what will frustrate Joe Root even more, Pete, is we're looking at a a very rainy Sydney. Perhaps if England had been able to get this game until the post-tea session, they could have held on. So I think Joe Root will have learned a lot, but he'll be happy to go home. Yeah, poor bugger, isn't he? You know, I was just musing in my match report um, that, you know, I imagine him, he's asleep in the back of the dressing room waking up and asking, was it all a nightmare? <laughs> <laughs> tell me, tell me it didn't happen, but I'm sorry, Joe, it did. I mean, it, good to see that toughness come through with Joe in the end. I mean, he, he's been on that field for most of the four days. He was on the field almost all of that hottest day from hell. Now, they're saying that it's just gastro. So then he comes back, he has gastro all night, comes out, and he gives it a crack. He has a bat, good on him. But I think he got to lunch and apparently just looked like awful. He said, I've got to go and lie down. Went to the back room and just fell instantly asleep. So they thought, no, don't, don't wake him. You know, it's all over. 
I've actually got a lot of respect for the way the English have carried themselves throughout this series. I think a lot's been thrown at them on and off the field, and Jimmy Anderson spoke afterwards, and he was very dignified. I mean, you know, you have to give England credit for the way they've carried themselves. And even Joe Root, you know, it's obviously been a hugely difficult tour for him, but he's never really cracked. And, you know, England can leave here with at least some pride in the way they've carried themselves. Well, I'm going to be a bit mean-spirited. No good, I like that. Do you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why I got you on. (laughs) Look, they haven't behaved poorly... But I think that Joe Root needs to learn to be a little bit more aggressive and positive and uh, just have a little bit more of what my mother calls SH1T in him. Are we allowed to say that on the <laughs> yeah, blog? Yeah, we are. We Absolutely, are? yeah. Are you allowed to swear on this blog? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can say whatever you want. That's t- okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go all Johnny Rotten here. What was I saying? Um, yeah, I... I, I I thought that they tried to make themselves a small target from the moment that they arrived. This was Root's approach, you know. Nothing's going on, nothing to worry about, we're all sweet. I thought he was just a tad wimpy. I, I tend to agree with Ricky Ponny. A little bit of uh, the little boy thing was there. The little boy on the burning deck, <laughs> Joe Root. Wow. Um, yeah, I reckon there's points in this. And, and I hope that they happen behind the scenes where... You know, he stomped his foot and banged his fist on the table. I think I know the coaching staff did over a few incidents. But, yeah. yeah, there we go. So, um, Joe Root in four years will be a different man when he arrives here. Um, so, look, let's talk about Steve's couple of Steve Smith's comments. He said that it was a very good all-round team effort, and that really is embodied with the wicket takers. Pat Cummins finished the leading wicket taker with 23, Stark 22, Hazelwood 21, Lyon 21. There were no other wicket takers. Uh, just a tremendous all-round effort from the bowlers and also the batsmen. They all contributed at different times, apart from maybe Cameron Bancroft. You never see a more balanced contribution from bowlers, will you? No. You know, each bowler's won a test match, haven't they? And each has got 20 wickets, mm. which is what you need to win a test match. Uh, brilliant. They won because they bowled faster. I mean, this is this is my simplistic take on it. They they bowled faster and they batted slower. I mean, simplistic takes are never quite right, and it doesn't include Nathan Lyon. And he was absolutely outstanding. He was, you know, he spun this web. You know, if they were trying to run away from the quicks, there was nowhere to go. You know, Nathan had them trapped. Uh, Really amazing contribution by the Australian bowls. I mean, if you think back to the last series that Australia won five nil, Johnson basically took all the wickets. I know it was a team effort to some degree. And that sort of plays into that dull series thing that there's no real standout. Yeah, good point. Or, good point. You know, yeah. you ran through them in, and it was just such a good team effort. Four reasonable sports cars. Yeah, yeah. not yeah, not an F one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you know, yeah. great to see Pat Cummins finish this test with. Eight wickets on his home ground, you know, five tests in a row, you know, man of the match performance. Just, I guess he's a real feel-good story. But and, and look, there's many years to come for Pat Cummins. I mean, yeah. this this next two years will be huge for him with, you know, a World Cup and then an Ashes in England. Yeah, look, I think even more important than his eight wickets here, or even his, what did you say it was 23 wickets he took? Yes. Yeah, even more important than that was that he played five tests on the back of, you help me add these up, what was it, two in Bangladesh two in Bang- and two in India. So that's nine, that's in nine tests, nine consecutive tests from a bloke who strung together one test across six years, um, you know, and could barely play a, a first-class game. So that's fantastic. 
he, uh, he sort of hinted in the press conference the other day that he probably won't play too much of the one-day series. I'm very pleased to hear that. It's interesting now. I'll tell you what's going on here too. They name all the quicks in the one-day series, but they, don't, they really don't want them bowling that much in the one-day mm. series. But they name them all. They say they're all going to bowl because that's what the broadcaster wants and that's what you know the marketing department wants. But hopefully you don't see those guys playing every test. And I, I think... We'll, I think that they'll the, rotate. They'll rotate, won't they? They have to. Yeah. Just a shame. There's a lot of injuries that affect that yeah. plan. But and the one thing that struck me from Smith's comments was this small thing that he identified as the changing point in the series was going way back to the Gabba that first day when Nathan Lyon ran out James Vince. And that was such an interesting point for the captain to really draw attention to as he saw the, the turning point in the series so early. I found that strange because for me the turning point was more the fourth afternoon where in the Gabba where Australia ran through England. But Smith thinks that, you know, that early change of momentum, getting Vince out for 83, sapping the momentum from England's first innings, just changed the whole series. Amazing that Steve Smith would identify that early moment as the the turning point. Yeah, well, look, it it was quite interesting, wasn't it? Because what were England at that point? They were 2 for 145. Vince was... I'm just going back through the card now. Vince was 83, so he was flying. So you take that forward. He keeps going. He gets a century. He feels a hell of a lot better about himself and the way he bats. Um, and England have another 100 runs yeah, in the first was, innings. Yeah, that's right. And, and that first innings really changed. It was one wicket after that 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 first innings changed. I remember watching that thinking, gee, Australia are in real trouble here. And, and let's not forget, they didn't get out of trouble very quickly either because England were, um, he says, quickly checking the scorecard, four for 246 at one point. And what were Australia? Four for 64 or mm. so, 74, something like that. The next day, round there, there and about. It doesn't really matter. Detail's not my strong point. Actually, I'm going to tell you what, it was four for 76. So, yeah. Who'd have uh, Nathan Lyons fielding would turn, be the change in ashes? Underestimated fielder. I reckon you're uh, stereotyping spinners there because they're usually pretty ordinary. You just remember Shane Warne dropping that catch in 2005 that cost us the Ashes, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're... that's marked them all. But Nathan Lyon's always been a good fielder. That uh, I remember him on debut taking that fifth wicket in Sri Lanka and just taking a beautiful like, court and bowled, very athletic. And you watch him move around the field. He's pretty good. He's got good hand-eye coordination. Yeah, well, and so that moment identified as the turning point but now 4-0 Ashes series victory hasn't been seen since 1989 I wonder if it'll be another what 17 years or 16 years until England regain the Ashes so what's that it'll be 2034 is that where are you going with this what happened 89 well Australia won the Ashes and didn't give them up till 2005 so four nil. So we could see another sixteen years of dominance. Yeah, why not? <laughs> now, now I just want to turn the page slightly on, on and look ahead at the year before we end this wrap. That really, I think now two things start: the build up to the twenty nineteen Ashes in England mm-hmm. is starting in earnest, but also the build up to the twenty nineteen World Cup. And you know, this year we have Test series against South Africa, Pakistan, and India. Mm. So, so I think it's a big year ahead. Anything stand out for you to, that's coming ahead? Oh, the year ahead. Oh gosh, I wake up in the morning wondering what I'm going to do next, Andrew. But uh, what stands out for me is this four Test series against South Africa. I'm really, really excited about this. Are you going? Uh, yep. Well, I actually haven't received permission yet, but I, I assume I, I usually get permission. Um, I'll tell you, I was is this what, your visa getting into South Africa? or? 
No, uh, it's uh, a work <laughs> it's Work from the uh, yeah yeah yes. Uh, permission from the ac- no, it's the accountants I'm worried about. Uh, anyway, where were we? All oh, right, we're talking about why I'm excited about that. I tried to watch the Big Bash the other night. I sat on the couch. I cannot engage with the Big Bash. We might talk about this next podcast. Yes, it, it drives me silly. Um, maybe that's my age, but I, I flicked over and watched day one of South Africa and India, and God, it was exciting mm. cricket. A pi- you know a pitch that bounced had seam on it, really good pace attacks on both sides, but the ones that's w- the one that's waiting for us is Rabada, Stain, Morkel, and Philander. They're going to be that's one of the better bowling attacks in the world, isn't it, in, in terms of seamers, well, I reckon. Is, like those two, you put the Australian attack against that one, the average speed's going to be higher than we may have ever seen before. Yeah, and, and look, they are highly, highly skilled bowlers. That Rabada can make it, you know, he makes it move both ways. And, you know, Philander on a seaming deck, he's pretty good. And Morkel has... Fi- it's really interesting, isn't it? How old would he be? He's right at the end of his career, I reckon, but he's learned to bowl a decent length. You know, always bowl too short for my mind because he has that incredible bounce. And he was very close to giving up the game a couple of years ago. So. Yeah, and I don't think he's long for it, but I'm glad the pennies dropped. So that's going to be a great series, and it's going to really test the Australian batsmen. I mean, runs are going to be so much harder to come by than they were in this in this series. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Smith goes. I'm really worried for Bancroft. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm worried for Bancroft anyway, but you get over there on those seeming tracks, I mean, you know, his off stump's going to be flying out of the ground before he takes uh, guard, I reckon. Yeah. yeah, look, I agree with you, and I think the last three tracks have been pretty dull, so the big test for the Aussie batting lineup is to come. I guess, Pete, we'll, we'll leave the listeners now. Uh, thanks so much for downloading Cricket Unfiltered. That was our SCG Day 5 wrap. Uh, Pete, thanks for all your input over the summer. It's been fantastic to talk to you about cricket. Is it over? We're not doing the one dayers. Well, you know, the, the tests are over. Oh, okay. All oh, right, yeah. Uh, thanks. 25 days of cricket. You don't normally get that, do you? Are we sitting in the Channel 9 box now? So I did say to them, this has been a terrible series for you guys because they're just going into their broadcast deal. They always go into the broadcast deal and scream that they've been ripped off because they pay for 25 days of cricket and they get and they get 19 because of the rain. Well, guess what? You've got 25 days. Um feels like 125 from my end. Well, listeners, uh, thank you so much for listening to the Daily Reports throughout the ashes. I want to thank Ben Horn for all his hard work in putting these Daily Reports together when they've been around the country and all his hard work all summer and all the people that have come on every day to chat, Crash, Pete, Gideon. It's been really good to be able to provide Daily Reports. And listeners, I'm going to leave you with Steve Smith talking about when the... Sean and Mitch Marsh decided to stop running in the middle of a test match and hug. So I'll leave you with Smith talking about that and we've got a a full podcast coming later in the week and we'll see you then. (laughs) Bye-bye. Yeah, looking back, it was quite funny. Um, You know, just sort of as I am when I'm watching and when I'm playing, I'm um, just always sort of in the moment and um, watching the ball not going to the fence and seeing them starting to hug in the middle just seems a little bit bizarre and um, you know I just wanted Sean to get back in his well both of them to get back in their ground and, and not get run out so um, you know Sean came in the rooms after and um, I said what, what happened there and he goes I just wanted to hug him I didn't care about anything else. I just wanted to hug him so it was a, a strange moment but um, you know a pretty special moment for the two brothers as well.